It reads this way. I'll be reading from the uh, NIV New International Version. It reads this way. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But when he walked, I'm sorry, but he walked through the crowd and went on his way. One more time. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Uh, I got just a few minutes. Today's communion Sunday. Can't be before you long. Uh, just a few minutes. I want to talk to you from this thought. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this day. We thank you for your word, God. We ask that you make it real, make it relevant. Let it come alive in this place. That no one leave the same way they came. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say amen. 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 You may be seated in God's house. Um, as I informed you last week, uh, Luke chapter 4 uh, is, 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 is as much like a movie as any uh, one individual chapter in Scripture. Um, it is uh, uh, filled with preaching possibilities. And um, after last week, uh, I, I just kept going back into Luke chapter 4. And I believe that the Spirit of God still has more to say from Luke chapter 4 uh, for us this week. Um, with that being said, just to, to refresh your memory, uh, remember that Jesus uh, is fresh off of his 40-day fast. Uh, he's fresh off of being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Uh, he's fresh off of that wilderness victory. Uh, and he has, uh, in verses 14 and 15, he's returned back to the town that he grew up in. Um, he's returned back to the town, and he has... Um, uh, continued in uh, his regular process uh, of attending church and, and teaching and preaching in the synagogue. Uh, and the Bible says in verse 15 that uh, he not only was in there preaching and teaching, but the Bible says that everyone was amazed. Everyone loved it. Everyone uh, was blessed by the teachings of Christ uh, as he returned back to his, his hometown. Uh, and then uh, we get down to verse 16. And in verse 16, it says that uh, Jesus went to church like he always does. Uh, and he stood up to teach like he always does. Uh, this, this was nothing out of the norm for him. Uh, he had been doing this. The Bible doesn't say uh, how long he was in the city. Uh, but it was at least um, a few weeks uh, where he had developed uh, a routine or a process by which he was attending church. And he was, he was preaching and teaching in the church. Uh, and so he stands up to teach. Uh, like he always does, and he stands up, and the leaders of the synagogue hand Jesus a scroll. Uh, they hand him a scroll because uh, they didn't have uh, the Bible app back then, so they had to they had to use the scroll. So they hand Jesus a scroll, and little did they know that when they handed Jesus the scroll, that he was getting ready to disrupt their norm. L little did they know that because Jesus Jesus has been been there with them for a while. Jesus has been coming in and preaching and teaching for a while, and everybody's loving it. Uh, and, and 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 the Bible says that everybody in the town was talking about how good of a preacher Jesus was, how good of a teacher Jesus was. Everybody was used to it. But this particular day, they hand Jesus the scroll, and Jesus, uh, unbeknownst to them, prepares to disrupt their norm. Um, 
they, they hand him the scroll, uh, and the scroll that they hand, hand him uh, happens to be the book written by the prophet Isaiah, and Jesus knows exactly where he wants to go in the scripture. They hand him the scroll. Now, Jesus, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus asks for this particular scroll, but the Bible does say that when they hand him the scroll, that Jesus goes and looks for a particular passage of scripture written by the prophet Isaiah. And so what Jesus is doing is Jesus has decided uh, that he was getting ready to disrupt the norm of the church service because Jesus and, and, and I'm, I'm explaining this to you once I read to you what Jesus read. But Jesus gets ready to disrupt their norm because Jesus wants them to understand uh, that um, uh, they aren't really having church. Okay. Jesus was trying. Jesus wants them to know. Jesus wants them to understand uh, that they're not really having church because because there's there's no power in in the services that they're having. Um, and Jesus wants to disrupt their norm because he says. Uh, Jesus says, "No more programs with no power." Because when when you come to church and there's nothing happening, you're just sitting in a program. So Jesus says, "I need to disrupt the program. I need to disrupt these programs that have no power." Uh, and, and, and Jesus says, um, it, it's time to make some changes in this place. Let me read it to you real quick. Uh, it says, uh, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Get this, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus disrupts their norm because Jesus says, uh, now I need you to understand that the scroll that you just handed me has some very important instructions for you because y'all have been sitting in these programs and seeing no manifestation of power, but now the time has changed where now it is time to proclaim some good news to the people who really need it. Uh, th that means that means that if every time you come to church and you sitting in a room full of saved people, there's something wrong because that means the gospel is not getting out to the people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jesus says to them, uh, it's time to start preaching to some people who don't come to church. Okay. And in order for you to preach to some people who don't come to church, that means you got to get out of the church sometimes and you got to get in your Bible even when the pastor's not sitting in front of you and you got to go into some spaces that maybe make you uncomfortable so you can reach some people that you really don't understand so that they can have the opportunity to get the same knowledge of Jesus Christ that you have so that they can have the same opportunity for salvation that you have. It's time to start doing some things differently so that we can obtain a different result. Jesus says that it's time to start preaching so that some captives are set free. Jesus says that it's time to start preaching and teaching so that some, some sight can be restored to the blind. Now this isn't just specific to blind people. What Jesus is really saying is, is that somebody uh, should hear the word of God and their bodies should be healed. There should be something happening in these services. There should be something happening. There should be some, manifest, some manifestation of God's power. You should be declaring some blessings over somebody's life. You shouldn't be so consumed with what you have going on that you can't declare some blessings for your neighbor. You shouldn't be so, uh, uh, so selfish and so petty that you can't be happy and excited when somebody else got something good going on. It's time to start to start showing the power of God when you come into his house. Yes, right. amen. Yes. 
And so the problem is, Jesus says, I have to disrupt the norm because people aren't seeing any miracles, signs, and wonders from what we're doing. And so the question begins, uh, uh, the, the question that I have and that I've been having for quite some time is that we see over and over again in the Bible where Jesus is doing miracles. And even in the Old Testament, God is using people to work miracles. God is using the prophets of the Old Testament to work miracles. And, and you see signs of God and you see the wonders of God. And then the New Testament comes and Jesus is working these miracles. And, and the disciples are working miracles. And Paul is working miracles. And Peter's working miracles. And everybody's working miracles. And here we are in 2019. And people are acting like miracles no longer happen. That's right. Amen. So my question then is: Has God decided to stop working miracles, or are we not are we not functioning in the power that God has assigned us? That's right. Have, have we have we uh, become a church that is satisfied with programs with no power, or are we really coming into God's house expecting God to do what only He can do? Okay. Um, so so he says. Uh, Jesus basically says, if people aren't leaving changed, why are we here? If people aren't leaving changed, why are we here? Jesus says, no more church as usual. Because you've been coming in here week in and week out and nothing is happening. All the, the preachers and teachers is in, in here and y'all hanging out and y'all having a good time. But there's people outside of the church doors that are hungry. There are people outside of the church doors that are weak. There are people outside of the church doors that are sick. There are people outside of the church doors that are depressed. There are people outside of work, uh, church doors that are oppressed. There are people outside of the church doors that have been suppressed like that. There's too much going on for you to be coming in here having church as usual. And then the Bible says that after Jesus reads the text, he just sits down. Don't shoot the messenger. Jesus says, I'm just coming. I'm just coming to read for you. I'm just coming to read for you what was already written. You handed me the scroll. I ain't even tell you what book of the Bible I wanted to read. You handed me the scroll. I'm just reading what it says in the text. Don't shoot the messenger. But Jesus says, since you got me here, I might as well do what I've been anointed to do. Since you got me here, since I'm in here, since we in the church, we might as well have some church. But don't get mad at me. I'm just delivering the message. And then the Bible says in verses 20 through 21, the Bible says that Jesus sits down. Uh, and then Jesus says, Jesus says in verse 21, get this, he says, uh, he begins saying to them today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hymn. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Amen. Jesus says today, this, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Uh, let me paraphrase this for you. Jesus says, all of this stuff you've been talking about before now, it's now getting ready to happen because get this, Jesus says, I'm here now. Yeah, Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm here now. Jesus says, he's, he's trying to get them to the place because because Jesus's entire ministry, uh, Jesus's entire earthly ministry, the design was for him to get the people ready uh, for what was going to take place on Calvary. His his whole purpose of ministry was to get the people ready so that when Jesus dies for our sins and he raises again on the third day and he ascends to heaven, that we really know what this whole salvation thing is really about. 
That was Jesus' whole purpose of ministry. So Jesus says all of this stuff you've been talking about, you've been talking about it in the form of prophecy, which means it has not come to pass yet. And the reason why it hadn't come to pass yet is because I hadn't gotten here yet. But now you all right because I'm here now. Okay, I'm talking to somebody in this room. That, that, that God has given you some stuff. God has told you some things about you. God has given you some promises and you have not seen it come to pass. But what I came here to tell you today is don't worry about what you don't see. Just know that you're sitting in the right place because today Jesus is here. So then Jesus does all of this good work in the church and then uh, things start to take a slow turn. Things start to take a slow turn because somebody in the crowd, somebody in the crowd recognizes who Jesus is. The Bible says in verse 22, it says, uh, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came of his lips. And then somebody, somebody out of nowhere says, isn't that Joseph's son? I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the stuff he's saying sounds good, but but I've been sitting here all service and, and he looks familiar to me. And I think I finally got it. I, I think I think that's Joseph's son. Somebody recognizes Jesus in the crowd. Somebody recognizes Jesus, uh, but they recognize Jesus. Um, they recognize Jesus for what for what he's called, not by who he is. Okay. So 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 they recognize Jesus and immediately Jesus recognizes what they're already thinking. Okay. Jesus recognizes what they're thinking. Uh, uh, he, he recognizes the fact that that they are not going to be receptive anymore of what he has to say because now they recognize who he is. Okay. And, and they've allowed the message to get lost because of the message. Okay. Now, ironically enough, if you're going to receive a message from anybody, you would want it to be Jesus himself. You, 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 you would think that if I'm going to receive a word from any, if I'm going to receive a word from anybody, I would rather a word come from the word. Okay. Um, so... So Jesus recognizes what they're thinking and Jesus understands now that y'all remember who I am, now that y'all remember me from back in the day, I already know that you're not listening to nothing else I got to say. I already know it. And Jesus starts to begin to give examples of uh, people rejecting the familiar. Okay. Jesus starts to give examples in verse 23, verse 23 uh, through 27. I'm trying to read it real quick for you. It says, Jesus said to them. Uh, surely you will quote this proverb to me. This this is sarcasm. I like Jesus. Jesus this is sarcasm. Jesus says, "Surely, surely you gonna you gonna quote this proverb to me. Uh, physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum." Okay. Um, uh, then verse twenty four says, "Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown." I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. Uh, then he says, and, 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 and there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed. 
only naming the Syrian. Uh, so Jesus says, um, this ain't nothing new. Uh, nobody that has ever done anything major, nobody that has ever done anything good was able to do it for his hometown uh, because the people in his hometown uh, won't receive what he has to say. So Jesus says, I'm not taking it personal because I've seen this all before. I already expected it. It was really just a matter of time. I just need to know how long it was going to take y'all to recognize me. Uh, but, but he says, nonetheless, uh, I'm gonna give it to you anyway, uh, but I'm just I'm just the word. Uh, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just giving you what I I mean the Bible. I mean me. I mean what what we said. I'm just telling you what we said because we all said it when, when we said it back then when you was reading it. It was all of us saying it. Uh, but now that I'm here in the flesh, I'm just giving you uh, the message of what we said before. And so. Um, so then Jesus uh, finds himself in a really interesting situation uh, where the people in the synagogue, the people in the synagogue and even outside the synagogue, they begin to get upset. They begin to get upset because of the message that Jesus is giving. They begin to get upset and they are ready to kill the messenger. They're ready to shoot the messenger. And, 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 and I was wondering why, uh, because, because this whole scene starts off in church. So I'm trying to figure out how we go from praise and worship to murder. How, how we get, I, I can't figure out how we got from point A to Z and we skipped all the other letters in between. I don't understand how we got here. And God said the reason why uh, they were ready, they were ready to kill the messenger is because um, uh, Jesus was delivering truth. Because he, he is the truth uh, So he can deliver nothing but truth So Jesus is delivering truth But the bottom line is Truth is sometimes a hard pill to swallow okay. um, um, Let me rephrase that The truth about you Is sometimes a hard pill to swallow Because truth be told We don't have a problem telling the truth About somebody else but the truth about us sometimes is a little tough, a little tough to deal with. So God says uh, they're having issues. Uh, they're having issues because Jesus is telling them the truth. Here's the three points for today. Here's why they want to kill the messenger. Number one, because truth convicts. Truth convicts. Uh, verse 28 says this. Uh, verse 28 says all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They were mad. When Jesus uh, ended his sermon, they were mad. They didn't like the way he closed. They didn't like the altar call. They didn't like the altar prayer. They didn't like none of that. They, they, the Bible says that they were mad when they heard this. The Bible says that, that they weren't just mad. The Bible says that they were furious. The Bible says the Bible says that they was big mad when they heard what, what Jesus was saying. Uh, in, in verse 28, uh, they were mad at what they heard, but here's the reality. They weren't mad at Jesus. They were mad because he was right. Okay. It really wasn't anything personal. Uh, they were just mad that the things that Jesus had said about them were actually true. Okay. Um, um, I need you to understand uh, that there are some times in your life where you'll go through some things with some people and you'll take those things personally.
personally, but don't be mad because and don't take it personal because many times they're not mad at you. They're mad because you're involved in the situation. Okay. And, and sometimes you become a byproduct of someone else's frustration and they begin to take their frustrations out on you uh, because there is no self-accountability. Um, uh, th there are people there are people who will get mad at you uh, because you won't let them borrow some money because they ain't paid you back from the last time. And, and, and because you tell them no, now you selfish and you think you better than everybody. No, boo-boo, you still owe me from two months ago. So if I ain't got my money from them, what make you think I'm going to give you some more? Furthermore, if I keep giving you money, then you're not going to have no appreciation for it. And if I give it to you this time, I'm going to see you again next time. So at some point, you got to learn a lesson and learn how to, how to manage some stuff. At some point, you got to figure out how to do this thing. Uh, uh, that, that is why uh, some people will get upset uh, when, when you stop answering their phone calls. But the reality is, every time you call my phone, you want something. So I, I don't got time for that today. So I, I just really, I don't have the energy for that today. Call me on Thursday. Maybe on Thursday, God will have done some work in me and, and I can answer your phone call. But today, I just can't. Because every time, and, and, and they get mad at you, and well, well, I called you and you didn't call me back. Or, or I'll give you another one, maybe uh, the person that you haven't seen and that you haven't spoken to and they upset, well, you don't even call me no more. Well, the phone worked two ways. Your phone dialed out just like mine. If you really wanted to talk to me, my number ain't changed in seven years. If you really wanted to talk to me, you know how to get a hold of me. You know where I work and where I live. It, it, but you're not really mad at me. You're just mad about the situation. Yeah, that's right. So Jesus says, uh, Jesus says, uh, he gives them the truth and they're mad about it. Uh, they're mad about the truth. Uh, but this is what I need you to understand, that Jesus has every right to criticize what they're doing. Um, and, and sometimes we get frustrated. We get frustrated at the messenger because because we feel like, how, how do you have the right to criticize me? But because I know your business, you don't have the right to say anything to me. But let me help you understand something. Um, let me help you understand something. If you're taking some notes, write this down. Here's a moment of accountability for you. Uh, one's inability to handle criticism is a sign of their immaturity. I'm going to say it again for you so you can get it. One's inability to handle criticism is a sign of immaturity. If, if you can't handle the truth about you, then you don't put yourself in a position for growth. If you can't handle the truth about you, then you don't even know what you need to work on to be better. If you can't handle the truth about you, then there's nothing God can do with you because you have no willingness to change. Your inability to handle the criticism, and it's not up to you who God decides to use to criticize you. But the bottom line is that the truth is convicting. And sometimes people don't want to deal with the conviction of the truth because if I'm, if, if I'm convicted by something, if I'm convicted by something, see, see when, when, people, when, people don't, when people tell lies on me and when people tell lies about me, uh, it, it doesn't make me any difference one way or another. I don't get convicted about stuff that's not true. I know that's right. I know that's right. I know that's right. It don't bother me uh, when, when somebody says something that, that, that's not true. It's, it's not true. 
And get this, the people who really know me know that it's not true. And the people who, who don't know me, they don't matter. Yeah, the, the, the people who matter know, and the people who don't really know don't matter. So, 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 so if I'm convicted, then that is an opportunity for me to grow. But these people, these people, these church people that's in the synagogue, the church people that don't even recognize the power of God when it's sitting right in their face, they're upset because the truth convicts you. I want you to know, let me put this disclaimer out before I move on to the next point. At no point in time will you ever, 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 ever come by here and expect for me uh, to, to, to deliver a word that is um, uh, a pacifier for you. That's, that's not my job. That's not my job because my job is to preach scripture. And scripture says about scripture that scripture is like a two-edged sword, which means it cuts going in and coming out, which means that it's not just for me to encourage you, but it's also for me to convict you because at some point you got to change some things so that you can be better than you were when you came in. But the people in the church, the, the people in the text at that church, not at Abundant Faith, the people at the church in the text were, were mad and they ready to shoot the messenger because the truth was convicted. Uh, and, and, then, and then they were mad uh, Point number two Because the truth confirmed The thing they were convicted about The truth convicts Truth confirms um, uh, This is what I need you to know uh, Verse 29 says Verse 29 says, uh, They got up, drove him out of the town Took him to the uh, brow of the hill On which the town was built In order to throw him off the cliff This is what I need you to understand uh, Anything that's false Will ultimately be exposed. Okay. Um, anything, anything untrue, anything deceiving, anything that is dark will ultimately come to light. At, at some point, the truth will be revealed. At some point, the truth will be revealed. Now, Jesus' whole point in this service was that y'all coming in here and y'all having church or, or y'all having a program, but ain't no power in here, so ain't nobody leaving better than what they came. So y'all just coming in here just because it's something to do, uh, trying to see who got the best suit on. Uh, and, and, and the reality is uh, y'all not changing and y'all not getting no better. Uh, Devin, I want to talk about you, but that's so clean. I'm telling you, I text you when you come in. That's so, that's so nice, now. But, but, but... I got my 12 piece suit on that thing, I'm telling you. So, so Jesus says, Jesus says, y'all been coming in here having this program, uh, uh, but, but y'all not really, y'all don't really have no relationship with me. And, and so they confirm exactly what Jesus is talking about because Jesus gets done talking and they want to kill him. You, they, they prove Jesus' point right then and there. That's, as soon as Jesus says something that they don't like, now they're ready to kill him. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, everybody got a past. Everybody got a past. Uh, and, and some of us, uh, depending on who you ask, your, your, my past might be worse than yours. Your past might be worse than mine, whatever, whatever. But everybody got a past. Now, now, now here's the reality. Um, somebody, somebody in the congregation uh, uh, could have used to being a murderer. <laughs> He could have used to been a murderer, but he couldn't talk about it because the statute of limitations wasn't up, so he didn't have a, a chance to give his testimony yet, so it ain't written in scripture because it's, 
his statute of limitations it wasn't up yet, so he couldn't talk. That he couldn't talk about the testimony of, of what he used to used to be. He couldn't he couldn't really talk about that. But the problem is that you've been coming to church for too long for you to still be what you used to be. In. So now Jesus says something that they don't like, and they revert back to what they used to be, in, which implies that they always was what they used to be. In. There never was a change to what they're supposed to be. Okay, so 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 now now uh, it confirms exactly what Jesus was saying because if if some change had been happening in the service, then Jesus could have said something that they really didn't like, but they could have accepted it because it was true. See, that, that's the false misconception about truth. You 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 don't have to like something in order to accept it. Because the reality is, if you don't like it that much, then you'll do something about it. So, so you don't have to like it in order to accept it. But, 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 but they don't like it, and they go straight to murder. Like, how do we get? Like, they ain't say let's beat him up. They ain't say let's flatten his chariot tires. Just they, they just, they go straight, they go straight to the deep end. They just go, they just gonna throw him off the cliff. They just, go, they go straight, straight to murder. And so, and so they're upset because they don't like. What Jesus is saying, and, and, and they go and act crazy because they don't like what's true. Let me put this out there. Um, I, 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 will never, I will never alter the gospel message. Um, I, I, will never, I will never alter uh, uh, for, for your uh, comfort uh, anything that God gives me to say. Um, but I will ask you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, as 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 humbly as I know how, uh, please don't shoot the messenger. Um, this 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 ain't me. I'm just telling y'all what God told me to tell you. Please don't take me to the edge of White River because I I don't. I I'm, I'm just the messenger. Please don't shoot the messenger. Uh, don't don't be upset when the truth convicts. Don't. Don't be upset. Don't don't even be upset when it confirms what you already knew. Don't. Don't, don't be upset about it. Don't be upset about it. But, but I got to tell you this one thing. Uh, you might want to get used uh, to being convicted. Uh, and, and you might want to learn to accept those confirmations. Because point number three is truth doesn't conform. All right. All right. Truth doesn't conform. Uh, so, so, so if you're going to hear it, if you're going to hear the truth, you might as well get ready to prepare yourself for what the truth is saying. Truth does not conform. Uh, the Bible says in verse 30, uh, but he, Jesus, uh, they, took him, they took him to the edge of the cliff and they get ready to throw him off the cliff. Verse 30 says, but he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Okay. Now, um, uh, truth does not conform. The Bible says that Jesus says, he, he said what he said. Okay. He said what he said and, 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 and they want to take him to the cliff. And the Bible says, uh, the Bible does not say that Jesus pleads his case. Okay. Um, the Bible does not say that Jesus argues his point. Okay. Uh, uh, the Bible does not say that Jesus apologizes for hurting their feelings. The, the, the Bible doesn't say that, that, that Jesus hits them with the truth, uh, but then laughs it off and says, I'm just playing because he didn't get the response he was looking for. Bible don't say none of that. The Bible says uh, 
that Jesus gets to the edge of the cliff. And then he and then he turns and walks through the crowd and goes on his way. Okay. Now, now that, that had me thinking. That had me thinking because because uh, I, I got confused for just a split second because I understand. Well, I don't understand, but I understand uh, that that they're upset, and I understand that they grab Jesus up and and they take him to the edge of the cliff. I'm, I'm following that part of the story. Okay, I'm following that. Uh, but but the part of the story that I'm missing is how Jesus is able to in this same crowd that takes him to the edge of the cliff is able just to walk through the crowd. I don't understand that if Jesus how or why if Jesus was just going to walk through the crowd, why he would allow them to take him to the edge of the cliff in the first place. <laughs> Jesus, if you big, bad and strong enough to walk through the crowd, how'd you let him get you there in the first place? I was confused uh, because because the Bible says uh, that Jesus walks through the crowd, but the Bible never says that the crowd moved out his way. Right. <laughs> Trying to figure out how Jesus goes from the church to being dragged to the cliff and then just walks through the crowd, the same crowd that drags him to the cliff. <laughs> um, this is what I need you to understand is, is that. Uh, um, the Bible says that God will never put more on you than you can handle. That's right, that's right. But, but, but that doesn't mean that you won't have to carry some heavy stuff sometimes. What it means is that he'll give you the strength to carry it. Okay? Um, so, so, so Jesus uh, gets to the edge of the cliff because because this situation uh, is, is a demonstration of, of the hearts of the people that are around Jesus. Okay. Um, they, they were saying one thing out of their mouths, but their hearts are showing something completely different. Okay. They're, they're reading scriptures every week, but their hearts are saying something different. Because, because, you, can, because you can say one thing, but what you do will always line up with how you really feel. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. What, what, what you do, what you do will always, will always line up uh, with how you really feel. Um, and so, so how they really felt about Jesus was that he needs to be thrown off the cliff. And so Jesus needed an opportunity to show that. Jesus needs an opportunity to show that. But then Jesus gives another demonstration. He gives another demonstration that we've seen over and over again in Scripture. Uh, uh, namely, namely uh, with Joseph. Uh, because, because the same thing happens to Joseph. Joseph, over and over again, Joseph in the Old Testament is anointed. And he's anointed so much that his brothers don't like him. And so his brothers plot to kill him. Okay? Uh, but one of his brothers steps up and they say, let's not kill him because that's, that, that, that's going to just make him a martyr. So we don't want to kill him. We don't, don't want to kill him. But, but let's, let's pretend like he's dead. We throw him in a pit and then we sell him into slavery. Okay. So, so, so they after Joseph, they, the same way they wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff, they want to throw Joseph in the pit. They, they throw Joseph 
in and they sell Joseph into slavery. Then Joseph gets thrown into slavery. Joseph's still anointed, so Joseph gets elevated. And because Joseph gets elevated, uh, there, there, there's this woman that's after him. And so, uh, but he's got too much respect for her husband uh, to do what she wants him to do. So then Joseph finds himself getting accused of rape. And so, and so they throw Joseph, same way they want to throw Jesus off the cliff, they throw Joseph in prison. And so Joseph has to sit in prison, but Joseph is still anointed. So Joseph has to come out of prison because they need Joseph's anointing. And so Joseph comes out of prison and ultimately Joseph gets elevated uh, to second in command. Uh, and then Joseph says out of his own mouth, uh, you tried to kill me. But what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for my good. This is what Jesus is trying to teach you. That when you're anointed, you're also protected. So even when the enemy comes after you, you don't got to fight, claw, or argue. You can just walk right on through the crowd. Yeah, somebody, somebody needs to learn a lesson that you're spending too much time arguing with a fool. Sometimes you just need to walk right on through the crowd. Somebody needs to learn a lesson that sometimes you're spending too much time trying to fix somebody else. Sometimes you just need to walk on through the crowd. You're spending too much time trying to explain yourself and trying to get people to accept your anointing. And you dumbing yourself down to try to reach some dummies who don't want nothing to do with you. Sometimes you just got to walk right through the crowd. Because everybody, everybody can't accept what you got going on. And here's the reality. Here's, here's another reality for you. Um, I thought that the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach was that the reason why a prophet can't be received in his own town is because, you know, everybody's past. And the people in your hometown know your past and they know what you used to be and they know how you used to do it. And so they can't handle when God delivers you and turns you into something else. That's what I thought. But then it dawned on me that Jesus is the main character in this story. Jesus' past is perfect. So the rejection of Jesus can't be about his past because there's nothing blemishing in his past. So, so then I ask God, well, if, if they can't accept him, uh, if the people in his hometown can't accept him and, and his past is not the reason, why is it that people in his hometown can't accept him? And God dropped this bomb on my spirit and it's going to bless somebody. It ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. I promise you it's not for everybody, but it's for a couple people. Uh, the God dropped this in my spirit. It's not. Uh, Jesus' past that keeps them uh, or that prevents them from being able to accept the word that Jesus has. It's not Jesus' past that, pre that prevents them from doing that. It's not the fact that they know what Jesus used to be. It's the fact that Jesus knows what they used to be. Yeah, yeah, so sometimes the people in your life can't accept what you got to say, not because it has anything to do with you, but because it has everything to do with them. Yeah, yeah, so 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 that piece of humble pie that's that's necessary to eat it, it, it's kind of hard to digest. And so Jesus says, uh, even though even though uh, the crowd wants to throw me off the cliff uh, because they can't accept what I have to say, maybe because I know what they used to do. Uh, even though they don't want to hear nothing I got to say And even though they want to kill me Even though they got bad things to say about me Even though I've done nothing but good for them Even though uh, Jesus says If God be for me Who, 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 who can be against me There, there is nothing uh, that, that can come up on me That God can't handle and, and the biggest ability The strongest thing that God has given you Is your ability to walk away 
the, 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 the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, demonstration of power that you have is your ability to walk through uh, right. the very thing that was designed to kill you. Uh, right. the, 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 the greatest ability that you have is, get this, is that God doesn't always deliver me from a situation, but God will sometimes get into a situation with me and walk me straight through it. Okay, just like just like God walked the children of Israel right through the Red Sea, it looked like that the death was on every side, and God walked right through it with them. Just like the three Hebrew boys thought that it was all over, they understood that even if God don't bring me out of this situation, I know that He's able and He'll get right in it with me. Uh, you got to be able to look at your situation and be able to praise God, not because He brought you out, but because He sat in it right with you. Now the bottom line is Jesus walks through the crowd and, and as we talked about last week, Jesus goes to another place that's willing to accept the anointing that Jesus has to offer uh, and Jesus leaves them there and the Bible doesn't even acknowledge what happens after that. The Bible doesn't say if they went back and had church. The Bible doesn't say if they put out a search party for him. The Bible doesn't say what they did after Jesus walks through the crowd. Here's what I'm trying to tell you uh, is uh, just deliver your message and walk away and stop worrying about what's happening behind you. And the, and the next time, the next time God God uh, uh, convicts you with the truth, the next time God uh, confirms the truth in your life, and, and God doesn't conform the truth to your liking, just understand uh, that all I have to do is receive the truth from the messenger and let God do the rest. That's right. All I gotta do is receive it and let God do the rest. Because as long as he works it, I know it's going to be worked out. As long as he's in it, I know that everything's going to be all right. As long as God has his hand on it, I know that I cannot fail because I serve a God that can do nothing but win. Somebody give God some praise in this place. Everybody in the sanctuary, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We're going to get ready to pray. We're going to get ready to pray so we can go into, into our communion service. No. Un understand this. Understand this. Uh, that Jesus, uh, after his ascension, or before his ascension rather, he, he, he informed us and he forewarned us and, and he confirmed in us that, that when he went back to heaven, he wasn't just going to leave us by ourselves. Bible says, the Bible says that, that Jesus uh, tells us over and over again that when I go back to heaven, I'm sending another part of me to be with you. I'm, I'm sending another part of me to live inside of you. I'm sending another part of me uh, uh, to, to, to go wherever you go, to lead you and to guide you, uh, to comfort you. I'm, I'm sending, God says, I'm sending a messenger to deliver to you the things from heaven to earth. Okay. Um, um, so, so now uh, I, I need you to do some, some self-examination. And I need you to just take a moment and listen to the messenger. And, and I mean, not, not me the messenger. I mean, listen to the messenger inside of you. Listen to the messenger inside of you. Because, because God is trying to say something to everybody here. And, and the beautiful part about the way he sent this messenger is 
uh, that messenger can live in all of us, each of us at the same time, talk to us individually for what we specifically need. So I need you to listen to what the messenger is telling you. For some of us, the messenger is trying, trying to convict us so that we can make changes for the better. For some of us, the messenger is confirming some promises that God gave you a long time ago. For some of us, the messenger uh, it, it is comforting you through your time of trouble. For some of us, the messenger is just trying to give you directions for your next step in life. Uh, but the messenger has something to say to everybody. And the reality is many times it's not that the messenger is not talking, but the, the bottom line is that we're just not listening. And we're figuratively shooting the messenger because we're not trying to hear anything he has to say. So I want you to take some time to listen to the messenger. And while you're listening to the messenger, everybody make your way up to the altar at this time. Keep listening to the messenger. Keep listening to him. He has something he wants to say to you. The messenger speaking and the presence of God is here. Which means if you leave like you came, it's because you wanted to. Because everything you need is right here today.